0: Many people think of Christianity as a list of rules that you have to live by. In fact, even some Christians themselves feel at times as though God's law can be restrictive. But what we must understand is that, as with anything, God has a purpose in it. Welcome to A Walk in the Word, where we bring you the Sunday sermons from Providence Baptist Church Gaston's worship services. In this week's sermon, Pastor John Friedrich shows that God's boundaries are not only purposeful, but freeing and beautiful. Let's join in as Pastor Friedrich preaches a message entitled Freedom in Boundaries from Genesis chapter 2. All right, well, it's
1: good to be in the Lord's house with you guys this morning as we open up God's word and we see what he has to say. So as I said, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2. We'll read verses 15 through 17, 15 through 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Let us pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come before your throne this morning. We thank you for this opportunity we have. We thank you for uh, the freedom to lift your name in praise and worship, Lord, to celebrate you in song, uh, to lift our petitions before you, Lord, to come before your throne with those requests. And Lord, you are just an awesome and mighty God and you're certainly worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory. And Lord, we just ask now as we get ready to step into your word we just ask that you help us to prepare our hearts and our minds that we might be focused that we might be open and receptive to the truths that you want us to take away from this today and Lord I know I'm not worthy to be the one to present the message today but I just ask that you use me as your instrument take away anything that can in any way interfere with the message pride selfishness distraction whatever it might be Lord just remove it take it away fill me with your spirit that I might only speak the words that you've laid upon my heart And Lord, as a church, help us to continue to look for your answers, your guidance, that we might always be about your business and never be inwardly focused, that we always might be seeking to expand your name, to exalt your kingdom, to just do everything we can to make you known throughout all the nations, Lord. And Lord, always let us be aware and and, uh, 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 looking for those that are in need, whether those needs are spiritual or physical, Lord. And as individuals, Lord, let us be aware that our time is short and that we need to be spreading the gospel with an urgency like never before. That we need to be seeking those that are lost in this dying world that we live in today, Lord, and just open their hearts to you. And Lord, we just ask that you forgive us of those times that we've chosen ourselves over you and we've sinned and chosen our own path. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things that our nation has taken... Uh, great pride in over the years uh, since its inception is all the freedoms that we enjoy. Reinforced by founding documents uh, that stand even today, we have avoided restrictions of speech, movement, and actions that other countries have found themselves subject to as their governments control their citizens. Uh, It's been a point of pride, it's been a rallying call and a a means of defense, Uh, and frankly, something that we of Americans have enjoyed Uh, but how exactly would you define freedom? Merriam-Webster defines it as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. Cambridge Dictionary defines it as the condition or right of being able or allowed to do say, think, etc. whatever you want to do without being controlled or limited. So when we look at this based on these definitions are we really free? what we begin to realize when we look at these definitions is that we really aren't ever truly free by these standards and that there will always be some form of limitation on what we are allowed to do. So freedom really is defined by expectation versus reality. Our expectations are that we live with a certain level of safety and security in our society so the reality is that our freedoms we have are limited by the laws that provide for that. We know that a certain level of knowledge is absolutely fundamental, even crucial to our ability to function as a responsible adult. So our freedom as a child is limited by the rules that require school attendance. We have to have the ability to pay for food, housing, transportation, recreation. So our freedom to spend our time doing whatever we want is limited by a requirement to work in order to get the The means of doing so. So I think we can take from this is that although we certainly do enjoy a certain level of freedom, complete freedom in its purest sense is really not something we have or would we really truly want. I mean think about it. What would our world look like if everyone was given absolute complete freedom to do whatever they wanted It would result in utter chaos and destruction, truthfully. So then let's take a look at what the situation was in our verses this morning. This morning we see that Adam was given a provision by God. We have a newly created world. Everything is perfect. Everything is just as God had designed. And God tells them, enjoy my creation. He tells them that of every single tree in this garden you can eat from, any tree, anywhere in their world except one. They had almost complete freedom for where they ate. Every tree of the garden, God said, just don't mess with this one. Their selection was nearly limitless. And yet, even with that nearly limitless choice, it wasn't enough. The one thing that was forbidden was the one thing they found irresistible. That which was not allowed was what they found alluring. You know, we look at Adam and Eve and we say, How could they be so stupid? They had it made. They had everything laid out for them. Perfect. A beautiful relationship with God face to face. They had all the food that they could enjoy. God did command them to, to, to keep the garden. But it was a joy to do so at the time. But to no avail. It just wasn't enough. But really when we think about it, aren't we really a lot like them? Aren't we just like Adam and Eve? I mean, when we get right down to it, God has has promised to provide for our most basic needs. He's promised a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. He has even provided a means for us to live our lives that we might be the most successful as Christians. Not by the world's definition of success, mind you, with wealth and prosperity, but success from a kingdom view. God has given us all this. He's promised this to us. But the irony in this is that it is never enough for us as sinful, prideful human beings. You know, the Bible tells us that we are free in Jesus. If you uh, look at Galatians 5.1... It says, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Did you catch the two key words in there? We've got liberty and freedom through Christ Jesus. But somehow even with this, we want more. We want to consistently go beyond these boundaries that God has put in place for us. That God has put for our own good. So this morning what I want to do is I want to dive into the purpose in the boundaries. To look at this and see why God gives us these and why they are good for us and why we actually experience freedom within those boundaries. And the first thing that we we find from this is that those boundaries are there to protect us from ourselves. Those boundaries are there to protect us from ourselves. Biblically speaking, boundaries are directly related to self-control. We have a tendency to confuse the, uh, the true nature of freedom. Too often it has become synonymous with what we would call personal independence. The ability to make our own decisions, to choose our own path. That doesn't sound like a human, does it? I want to make my own decisions, I want to choose my own path. It's important to understand that this is not the freedom that we have been given in Christ. From the biblical perspective, we've got to consider freedom in that lens. God gives us freedom to choose all throughout our lives. But ultimately it comes down to the simple truth that he gives us the freedom to either live within his boundaries or outside them. And if we choose to live outside of his boundaries, then we must understand that we are accepting the inevitable consequences that are going to result. With choice comes consequence. But as an overarching purpose in God's boundaries is that they are meant to to really bring us closer to him. Boundaries are given us to bring us closer to God. Paul, while witnessing to the Greeks and introducing that what he called the unknown God, if you recall Paul as he went into Greece, he, he saw all, all these statues to the many gods that they had. And this one statue was there that said to the unknown God, as if all the gods they had, which were quite numerous, weren't enough. They said, Well, just in case we forgot about one, or just in case we didn't know about one, they had a statue. For an unknown God. Well, Paul was saying, "Hey, yeah, if there is an unknown God to you. Let me introduce you to Him." He made a very important point when he was talking to them about the boundaries that God puts in our lives. If you look at Acts 17, 26 through twenty-seven, it says, "And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for us to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the what bounds of their habitation." Pause there for a second. God has given the boundaries of where we live, when we live, how we live, for what purpose? That they should seek the Lord and they should feel after him and find him. And then he closes that verse with a very interesting statement, though he be not far from every one of us. He's pointing out that God's not far from anybody. But he gives us the boundaries in an effort to draw us into a relationship with him. The appointed times and limits of our existence were put place there so that we should seek him. We were created for a relationship with God. So it only makes sense that he would design things in such a manner that when we respect that design when we take heed to what he had intended it to be, that it would, we would grow in a relationship with him, that it would draw us into him. But when we operate outside those boundaries, it has the opposite effect. When we choose to go outside of God's boundaries, it harms that relationship. It pushes us further from God. <laughs> All for the intent of seeking a freedom independent of God's direction. Well, how did that work for Adam? How did God, Adam, choosing a moment of independence, independent of God's boundaries, violating God's boundaries, choosing to a step outside his boundaries, how did that work out for him? Well, it cost him the intimacy of a face-to-face relationship with God. It cost him living in a world that was perfectly designed where everything was there for him. And for the next 930 years of his life Adam would have to toil by the sweat of his brow meaning work became something that was unpleasant as opposed to pleasant. He would suffer loss within his family all as a result of the sin That entered the world through him because he chose to live outside of God's boundaries he destroyed the nature of the original relationship he had with God because he chose personal independence or what he perceived as freedom outside of God's boundaries now God knows that us exercising freedom of independent of him is never going to end well There is never an occasion where when we step outside of God's boundaries, when we choose to exercise personal independence outside of God, that it is going to end in a favorable way. Whether we want to admit it or not, our sinful nature means left unrestrained, we are on a path of self-destruction. I think every parent today can attest to the fact that a child raised without boundaries Becomes an adult that breeds chaos. An adult that ultimately will lead to incarceration or perhaps worse. We cannot lose sight of the fact that beating within our own chest, every single one of us, lies a heart that Jeremiah described as desperately wicked to the point of who can know it. And this concept of following your heart is a dangerous path to go when it is something that is wicked that is leading you in the first place. So our wicked heart, as the prophet Jeremiah described it accurately, within us is not going to naturally seek that which is good or right. And we know for a fact we don't naturally seek God ourselves. Remember what Paul told the church in Rome. If you look at Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. He tells them, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth, and there is none that what? Seeketh after God. Nobody does it on their own. We are drawn to God. God reaches out to us. Left to our own devices, we would not seek Him. We would seek to satisfy self. We would look to worship ourselves. God does not wish that we would wander down this road of self-centeredness and self-worship. And that's why we read in chapter 6 that he draws us, uh, chapter 6 of John, that he draws us unto himself. He longs for us to strive to be closer to him. And so what does he do? He gives us boundaries. He gives us boundaries with the intent of helping us keep our eyes on him. Those boundaries are intended to keep us focused. To keep us in the right mindset of relationship with him. Now the world we live in despises the boundaries of God. Even we, if we are honest with ourselves, find ourselves rallying against these boundaries at times. But like the serpent in the garden of Eden convinced Eve... The world's going to try to tell us that these rules are arbitrary. That God is self-serving, probably. And thus he's trying to deny us some pleasure or joy that we believe we deserve, even though it's outside of God's boundaries. But like a child that wants to run free through the neighborhood, the fence is there to protect them from the cars that are going up and down the road. And the evil intents of others just as god's boundaries are to protect us from the evil that exists in the world that we live in today and while we might find them restrictive we would do well to remember something and that is that those boundaries are there for our own good and because we have a loving father that put them there for us out of love the second thing we need to remember is that these boundaries protect us And others from sinful behavior. When Adam and Eve sinned, there was no question that they suffered as a result of that. They suffered in their relationship with God. They suffered as uh, being kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But then every human being born from that point forward was a part of Adam's bloodline. And And in that, they inherited the sin nature and would suffer as a result of it as well. I like what one person said, and I'm not sure where I read it, but I love this statement. It says, we never sin in a vacuum. Our sin always hurts others in some way. The most obvious case of this is when we, uh, is why we have our systems of laws in this country. And others around the world, consequently. The laws are there for the purpose of us not hurting others to protect others from sinful behaviors of individuals we cannot steal because someone would suffer a loss as a result non-consensual physical contact can bring harm on a scale ranging from creating offense within another all ranging way all the way up to taking a life depending on the severity these are the kinds of sins that harm others and are really obvious that they they affect other people but then there are things that technically aren't illegal but they still cause harm to others. Adultery harms spouses and families. Premarital do, uh, contact does harm to those who participate, and at a minimum, lying cheating and <clears throat> excuse me, lying cheating and many others. So we all these sins, although they not, may not be illegal, still impact other people. All of which cause harm. And our legal system condones it. So just because it's not illegal does not not mean it's not harmful. But God's boundaries keep everything in line. God's boundaries, if we follow them, others don't get hurt. But then there's yet another layer. There's the harm of some sins that while seemingly done without harm to anyone directly... When revealed, can harm others indirectly. For example, sin revealed within the church can create harm within the congregation. A pastor whose revealed sin causes the church to remove him, hurting both his family and the congregation. So there's harm of one's witness, and along those same lines, to an individual when that sin is revealed. Potentially discouraging someone who may have been led to find Christ by that individual but because of now they've seen the individual's behavior is no longer interested in pursuing that. So as we see there are many different layers of harm that can result from our sin both directly and indirectly. And those many different layers that result can go beyond consequences that impact only the person who sinned. So once again, we never sin in a vacuum. That is why we see this guidance, i.e., boundaries, from given regarding being around others in sinful or ungodly behaviors. Look at 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? You know, we've I've spoken many, many times on this verse regarding what it means, and, uh, but what I don't want us to understand today is the influence that sinful or ungodly behaviors can have on believers themselves. We cannot insulate ourselves from the impact while exposing ourselves to constant sinful behaviors. Inevitably, it's going to begin to influence and affect us in some negative way, if not draw us in altogether. Consider for a second what it says in Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Now, this is just one example. There are numerous verses in the Bible that tell us that we are to stay away from people who practice continual sinful behaviors. We are to keep ourselves separate from that. Now, understand something here. We're not saying that we don't talk to them, we don't uh, try to witness to them, we don't do any of those kinds of things. But when we continually expose ourselves to sinful behaviors on a regular basis, we will begin to become influenced by that. If nothing else, we become numb to it in order to deal with it. And it no longer comes across to us as sinful or offensive to God. But you notice what it says here, lest thou, what? Learn his ways. We will start picking up these behaviors. Clearly this advice is given of God to warn us. Of our propensity to be influenced by sinful behavior when we are surrounding ourselves with it. And these are just a couple of examples. God has many boundaries that he gave us that were intended to keep his people from the influence of the sins of others. (laughs) If you look at the early days (coughs) of the Israel nation. (coughs) Excuse me. The Israel nation, the way God had them take over different lands was done so that they would not be influenced by the actions and the false religions that existed within those countries. Because God knows that we are influenced if we surround ourselves with that. So once again we see how God puts these boundaries in place for our good. The third reason that we look at today is boundaries help us to become what God intends. The absolute freedom that so many people in this world seek simply is not possible. We will always have boundaries in our lives created by money, laws, time, power, something. Something is going to create boundaries in our lives. It's not a question of if we have boundaries, but rather which ones will we have? Sometimes the boundaries we have are self-imposed. We create some sort of vision of the person we want to be or think we should be. And that comes with boundaries. But you see, Jesus didn't come to set us free for our own purposes. He didn't come and say, you're free to do whatever you want now. He was freeing us to do what we ought to do. He was freeing us to become what God intends for us to be. He was freeing us to walk in a relationship with him that shapes us, that molds us into his vision of what we should be, his intention of who we should become. You see, God creates each and every one of us uniquely and for a purpose. And the evil of this world will only detract and distract from that. God's plans are perfect. We don't take God's plan and say, yeah, that's a good suggestion, but let's do a tweak here. Let's make this change there. No, God's plan is perfect. And yet we always struggle with wanting to inject our own opinions and our own ideas. But God says, no, I've created you to be this person, I've created you for a purpose. We cannot inject our own opinions and skew and pervert the outcome. We continue to try and exercise freedom at the expense of God's plan for us and what we were meant to be and do. I heard this outstanding application of this concept uh, the other day and I, I want to share it with you. And that is this person was, I don't know if he was preaching or teaching or, or whatever, um, but he was standing there and he was holding a guitar and he pointed out that the guitar was crafted uniquely to create music. It had a singular purpose to create music. And he was standing there with the, guard, the guitar. He took the guitar and he flipped it so that the strings were facing his, his body. So he had the, bo- the back of the guitar facing. And he sat there and he was, he was flinging his hand up and down on the back side of the guitar. He says, Am I free? Am I being free? And he says, yeah, in a sense, I'm being free, but am I accomplishing what this instrument was intended for? The answer is no. So he flips it around where the strings are showing. He says, I don't want to learn, say I don't want to learn all the chords and the step progressions or anything about how to play this guitar. And he starts strumming the strings randomly. He says, am I being free? He said, yeah, well, in a sense but is this instrument still not producing what it was intended to do? He said no it's not. And then he pointed out that maybe, just maybe, if I use this instrument just like it was designed, as it was intended, if I hold it properly, if I learn all the chords and step progressions, following the notes in the order that they were written, when I act within the boundaries intended for this instrument that's when something beautiful happens. That's when something comes from that instrument that was intended. You see we are an instrument created by God to do beautiful and wonderful things for the kingdom of God. We are an instrument created for fellowship and a relationship with God. And maybe, just maybe, it's only when we operate within the boundaries that God has created that the full beauty of these things will be realized. The freedom of operating within God's boundaries creates beauty. Outside of them, chaos and destruction. So is there really any question where we should be? But the true freedom to live within God's boundaries only comes one way. You see, the world is even trying to redefine the boundaries that God gave us for salvation. Be a good person, and you'll see God. Attend church regularly, and you'll see God. Be generous, and you'll see God. They want to redefine the boundaries that God has already defined, but God has made the boundaries very clear. He said, there is but one way to me, and that is through my Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one cometh to the Father except by me. Very clear boundaries. So I ask you today, have you come to the Father through Jesus Christ? Are you putting your hope in being a good person? Are you putting your hope in doing good works? Are you putting your hope in the fact that you're in church? Or have you put your faith and trust in the singular source of salvation that God has defined in his boundaries? That being Jesus Christ. He said it is very simple. If you will confess your sins before God. If you will confess your sins to God, say, God, I come to you with nothing to offer. I cannot make myself acceptable to you. I know I'm not acceptable to you. But that Jesus Christ has already paid the price for my sin. That he has died on that cross, took on the sins of the entire world, suffered the full wrath of God for, as a result, and rose three days later after he died. And we can experience the freedom that exists within God's boundaries. Why not come and enjoy that today? Let's stand as we go to the one prayer. Heavenly Fathers, we come before your throne this morning. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the truths that we hold for us, Lord. Lord, just help us to understand what we were created to be, Lord. Help us to understand that the boundaries that you have given us in our lives are there for our own good, and that when we stay within those boundaries and we exercise the freedom in Christ through in those boundaries, that we can be used of you to do wonderful things through your power. And Lord, help us to understand the times when we cross those boundaries and quickly recognize that, repent of it, and return. And Lord, it's my prayer that if there's anybody here today that has never declared you as Lord and Savior, that never understood that you are the singular source of salvation, your Son, Jesus Christ, that this would be the day that they would understand that, embrace it, accept it, and become a child of God that would serve you and live for you. And Lord, just have your will and way in all the lives represented here today or at the sound of my voice. And Lord, we love you and praise you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next time for another Walk in God's Word. Podcasts are available in Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, CastBox, Downcast, and Beyond Pod. Search for and subscribe to Providence Baptist Church space hyphen space Gaston Sermons. Until next time, may God bless you as we await His joyful return.
1: Hi, this is John Friedrich, pastor of Providence Baptist Church. It's my prayer that our time together has helped you grow in your walk with God, or maybe He's even used it to guide you to discover the wonderful gift of salvation. If you're ever in our area, we would love for you to come worship with us. Our address is Providence Baptist Church, 977 Meadowfield Road, Gaston, South Carolina, 29053. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so through our website at www.providencembcgaston.com or email us at providencembcgaston at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us next time as we take a walk in the Word.